The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 27. Today, we have Ron Hale back in the studio again with us, and he and I are going to have a nice discussion about goal setting. For me, when I look at my life and I have these moments where I feel stuck and I don't really know how to move forward intentionally, if I pay close attention, I realize I've lost my goals, or (laughs) for most people, they don't even have any. So in this episode, we're going to talk about why would you set goals, how would you set goals, and then once you have them, obviously, how do you achieve them? So I'm hoping you enjoy, I hope you can see the value of goal setting and what it is that the world is waiting to give you when you live it intentionally and you live life and go after the things that you desire. So sit back, relax, and let's get started. All right, here we are in the studio again, and we have Ron Hale with us. And uh, today we are talking about goals, goals for life, goals for business, goals all of the above. Why would you set them? How do you achieve them? And I know from personal relationship with Ron that not only have I watched uh, Ron become someone who knows how to do this, but he's obviously passionate about sharing um, some of the secrets and the the things that he's discovered personally with other people. So, Ron, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, really excited to be here. And like you said, uh, this is definitely a passion. I love to help people succeed and uh, setting goals is one of those ways. Awesome, man. So, I don't know, do you, uh, I mean, there's a few ways to start. I mean, you can kind of talk a little bit about your personal experience or success, or do you want to just go right into the nuts and bolts of giving people some advice? Yeah, I mean, uh, a little bit uh, about my life is what, you know, some people would call the fruit of setting goals and achieving them. Um, I call it evidence. So I've got an evidence book of how I've been climbing um, different successes, either through business, through personal finances. Um, I started off uh, making minimum wage at the time that I was making minimum wage. It was $7.50, which probably is maybe a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on what your age is. But uh, right now, I'm actually on salary with a demo. So if you take all those factors into consideration, I'm actually salaried at $67,000 and then plus my demo and other health benefits and things like that. So I've been able to climb up the ladder, um, setting goals, and I had different breakpoints. This is just the latest one that I'm at, and uh, I'm setting myself up for my next goal here uh, to break through financially there. And then also I had career-based. I started off as a teller at a credit union and worked my way through accounting, through collections, personal banker, doing some uh, loan writing, all the way up to a branch manager, and then uh, decided to actually change the game. I went into car sales, and now I am a team lead or basically a a sales manager for a uh, car company or dealership, I should say. 
So, I mean, those are all structures within finance and business real quick. That's some of the evidence that I've collected that I kind of know what I'm doing when it comes to goals. So, and I don't suspect that you were going to go there, but everything that you just mentioned to me, you know, for the average person is great. Mm -hmm. However, I think the thing that's kind of mind blowing is how old are you? 27 at this time. (laughs) When did you become a branch manager at a bank? Oh, shoot. Branch manager. I was 20. Four years old, being okay. a branch manager. So, and I think on the previous, if I remember right, when we did the interview with you, I kind of told people, you know, one of my perspectives on you is you've cracked the code on the millennial challenge, right? Mm-hmm. In the business world, because you is one. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, 24 years old, married, mm-hmm. a successful business uh trajectory I've watched, you know, I don't think I knew you right when you got hired as a manager. Well, we did. We were, yeah. we were acquaintances, but we've gotten a lot closer <laughs> since then. And so I've watched you, you know, move from one success to another by all means as someone, you know, my own story is significantly different. Spiritually speaking, I've had a very similar trajectory of just one success to another spiritually, but professionally it's been anything but. Mm-hmm. So I've been inspired by watching your your path, uh, your experience book or? Oh, evidence. Evidence book. Yeah. <laughs> Watching the evidence, right? Um, I love it. So, yeah, when you said, hey, dude, let's we should do an episode on goal setting and any of that. And I'd love to just share some of the things I've learned. Dude, I'm all ears. I'd love to hear it myself because uh, I'm definitely in a place where, you know, starting New Age Christianity, starting all this stuff that I would love to be able to kind of upgrade the speed at which I experience success. So I'm believing, and I know we've already kind of got a little bit of a rough idea of where we're going, and I know there's going to be plenty of nuggets in there. So I hope you guys are uh, excited to hear from one of your fellow New Age Christians. As a New Age Christian community, the idea is that spirituality is not a thing unto its own. This podcast is going to be very much about life, business, concepts outside of just you know the spiritual closet that most church communities dwell in. And so uh, this is one of the things that I'm excited to do more of inside of New Age Christianity in the podcast and getting ideas beyond just Bible stuff, beyond just spirit stuff. So I hope you guys are ready and looking forward to it. So why don't we just dive right in at this point? Mm -hmm. And then we're seven minutes in. I don't think dive right in means what I think it means. (laughs) We have different (laughs) definitions, but that's okay. We'll uh, we'll get on the same page. (laughs) So... um, all right. Take it away, man. Um, well, um, we've kind of talked a little bit about uh, the evidence that I've collected. And uh, obviously I could share a lot more, but it's not about me today. It's actually about everybody that is listening or watching or doing both to this podcast. Through my management experience, I have learned that uh, goals is how people become successful. So that is why you want to set uh, goals. It gives you a direction in which to head. If you don't know where you're going, I think we've all been there, you know, either you're in the back seat or you are the driver and somebody says, hey, uh, where are we going? <laughs> and you're like, um, we're going somewhere. Well, you know, or you're like, no, we're not lost. You know, that's the other thing is uh, goals kind of help us find the destination because I can buy or, you know, we live or we're in Kingsley, Michigan right now next to Travers. I can blindly drive south, right? Mm-hmm. But where's my destination? Because if I drive just straight south, I mean, obviously, I might make it to Florida because it's pretty easy. It's a pretty straight shot. But 
I might not. I might end up in Texas if I just keep going south. I mean, there's a lot of different states. There's a lot of different things. I mean, heck, I could go clear through Mexico. <laughs> I could go through the Caribbean if I jump on a cruise ship. I mean, there's all these different ways and avenues. So you got to know what your destination is. And then you also have to understand where you are. And I think that's the importance of why you set a goal, because you don't want to aimlessly be walking through life, through business or through finances, whatever area of your life. I mean, those are kind of my expertises, but like uh, my wife would be relationships. Those are what her goals are set up around. So you have to know these things and you have to have a direction uh, and a destination are probably the most important why. So that way you're not just blindly going through life, through business, through whatever your area of your goal is, hoping that you somehow hit the bullseye on the board. Well, and if you've even known how to define bullseye for yourself, right? So yeah. as a mentor to a lot of people, not just, I mean, I was going to say people younger than me, but I have plenty of people that are older than me that, that view the spiritual journey I've taken. I have had goals. And they have been so in tightly wound around my identity and my heart for who I want to become spiritually. And my life is a perfect reflection of it, right? And I'm just a small little example of how life happens to you if you don't know where you are, where you're going, right? I mean, it's an autopilot scenario where you wake up 20 years later in a job that you still hate. You hated it the first day. But you didn't do anything about it. You, you had no goals, right? You, and, and when you, that's where midlife crisis come from, right? Mm-hmm. That's where, oh my gosh, I wake up and I realize who the crap did I become, mm-hmm. right? And you realize that maybe there's people out there who become mean and bitter on purpose. But most of the time, if you're mean and bitter and angry, it's because somewhere along the way you let go of the wheel of your own life and life began to drive you, right? And so for me, the big why, right? Why do you set goals is absolutely the pursuit of joy and happiness and who you want to freaking be. And I don't know if you're listening to this podcast and you've kind of like been on autopilot for 20 years, right? And you're like, well, what do you mean? Do you love your job? Have you done, have you made any movements in your job? Have you made any changes in your personal life? Have you, you know, Life is change and life is movement. And I can't help. I mean, that's the spiritual side of me. Just like, so why go through the process of goal setting and everything that we're going to outline? And it's absolutely because it is about a pursuit of joy and happiness. Absolutely. And it's like we know that, but we forget that. And then we we wonder why we're unhappy. We do. And it's really easy to get lost in the day to day. Um, I call it the hamster wheel. You know, every day we get up and we run on this stupid hamster wheel as fast as we can. And we get home and we're tired and we lay down and the hamster wheel just keeps going and we're sleeping, but it's spinning. And we get up (laughs) and we're back running again. And we wonder why we feel tired, why we feel like there's nothing we can do to change. We wonder why our beliefs you know, that we think we have, um, aren't matching what we see outside. And we wonder why the results around us don't match what we were told maybe, or what we thought. It's just one big hamster wheel because without a goal, how do you step off of that and decide you want to go get something to eat? You want to go get something to drink? Or do you want to get on a bigger hamster wheel? That's fine too. But you gotta know what you're doing, where you're going. Otherwise, It's just the same thing every day. 
Yeah, that's a little awareness. I mean, as you're talking, I'm having like this little like Yoda saying moment in my head. I'm like, does life suck your life from you or does life give more life to you? Sure. Right. And you can rewind that and it'll make more sense. <laughs> but like the idea of like life being energy, are you getting energy from life right. or are you losing energy to life? Mm-hmm. And if that is the, your experience, that hamster real experience, I don't know. I maybe need some time to think about it, but you know, if you could pick the number one thing to change, I think goal setting is as good of a place to start as any, if not the best place to start. Mm-hmm. So obviously we've kind of touched on why you would set goals mm-hmm. and um, where'd you want to go from there? I mean, how would you do that? Well, and that's exactly the next point is the, how do you set your goals? Cause you know, you run into people, Oh, I want to set goals or I want to set a resolution. You know, that's fine. But if you don't know how, then just saying you want to um, doesn't really get you off that hamster wheel, doesn't really give you a direction to go. So how do you set it? Um, It depends on your personality and who you are is really what that comes down to. I know some people that need to, you know, sit in a room and they for lack of a better word, meditate the way that you see on movies. You know, they put the soft music on, (laughs) they cross their legs, and then they, you know, maybe hum, maybe sit silently, and they just visualize it all in their head. That works? Great. I'm not that way. Right. I can't. I'm more of a person of how do I set it down um, or how do I set that goal is I write it down. Or I think, who do I want to be? And if you define exactly uh, what your goal wants to be, then the how becomes really easy because it'll come naturally. If you haven't set goals before, because I know that there are some people that haven't, or maybe you think you failed at achieving your goal, the how is just simply just trying something and seeing what works. Sit down, write it down, sit down in your chair, visualize, talk to somebody else about your dream. Uh, That's something that my wife does. Um, she'll come home and she'll go, Ron, I need to talk to you about what I want and what my goals are, uh, what my dream is. And that's her how to set a goal. She talks it through and goes, okay, that's the goal I want to set. I've got a uh, question just in my experience in dealing with people. You know, one of, that's one of the things I ask people all the time. So who do you want to be? Like, what do you mm-hmm. want to do with your life? What do you, you know, sure. tell me your vision for existing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it surprises me how many people kind of look at me like, well, I don't have one. So what do you do? You know, there might be people listening to this podcast who you and I know a lot of the same people and finding vision in this community in our close group is pretty common Mm -hmm. in the sense that it's something that we tend to carry, you know, likes attract likes. So, you know, we've attracted people in our community that have vision that's very obvious and very frontward facing. Do you have any advice for people that are like, I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with just. I like the hamster. What else is there other than the hamster wheel? Well, I mean, that's if you like the hamster wheel, I guess you've obtained your goal. <laughs> if you really think about it, um, yeah. you know, if you're happy where you're at, cool. I mean, that's where you really want to achieve to go. So I don't have a problem with people there. But um, the scarier thought is, who do I want to be? You know, I've asked that question to people as well. You know, who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? And when you get a blank stare back of, I don't know. That's kind of scary to me um, mm-hmm. just because I'm so entrenched in this. I want to help people achieve their goal and who they want to become. So how do you start to discover that? 
Um, some people, like I said, you just start talking, you know, just right. go for it. Um, who do you want to become? Some people will say, well, I need some time. That's okay too. But how do you take that time? Are you actually doing it <laughs> is something that's very important because I know there are some people like one of my friends, Nate, he loves to, you know, watch YouTube videos, uh, movies. So how does he define himself as who he was going to become? He actually goes and watches those movies. And then from those, he takes the elements that he likes and he says, that's who I want to become. So that's kind of his how. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And like I said, there are other people that write it down. There are some people who will go meditate on it, but you just have to start and go, are you happy with yourself? If the answer is no, then go, okay, what do I want to add to myself? What do I want to change? And do something about it. Yeah, and so it's, it, I'm thinking like, as you said, you know, if you're on the hamster wheel and you love it, you know, the litmus test of that is if you look at your life professionally, mm-hmm. spiritually, relationally, financially, um, physically, look at your life, look at who you are. And if do you find anything that is not up to your level of desire, mm-hmm. right? I mean, is your body, hey, I'm not super fat, but I would rather, be, had, I'd like a little more muscle. Sweet. There's a goal. Sure. Absolutely. Right? You know, um, maybe you're fine with your job and you don't want a promotion and you don't want more responsibility. And so you look at your job and you're like, no, there's nothing. I love it. Sweet. Then you don't need any goals for that other than maybe some business, you know, goals your manager gives you or whatever, but that's different, but not different. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the idea of goal setting for all areas of life really comes down to, because I get baffled when I ask people like, so what do you want to be? And they just give me that blank stare. Like I've never asked those questions. (laughs) Yeah. And I, you know, the more I talk to people, I honestly think that that comes from childhood, you know, at some point, you had a dream. And when you're a child, uh, if you can remember this, and it's kind of a fun exercise, actually, you will remember if you go far enough back that you obtain every dream you had in some way, some fashion, you did obtain it. And then one day, somehow you didn't. And normally nine times out of 10, that involves an adult telling you that's not a realistic dream, right? which is interesting in itself. That's just kind of a nugget for the Mm -hmm. people. But, um, you know, and the other important thing to remember is there's no wrong way of, uh, how to set your goal when you do that. And I think that's important because if you sit down and you write it out and you think, man, this is perfect. This is how I'm going to set a goal. And then later you don't attain it. Don't get frustrated. You just learned a way that maybe doesn't work for you. That's okay. Right. Just recently watched, I think it was with you guys, we just recently watched The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. Right? And where Luke, um, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, Luke uh, is under the impression that the Jedis need to end. Mm-hmm. Like, and he needs to be the last one. And Yoda shows up to him and he says, you never, you forgot what I told you to pass on what you've learned. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, but I failed. And he goes, yeah. And you've learned failure is the best teacher. Mm-hmm. And you didn't pass on any of your failures, right? So if you've tried goal setting and it didn't work for you, mm-hmm. congratulations, you've learned. Sure. <laughs> well, and I think back, you know, if you really wanted to coordinate that with the whole trilogy of Star Wars, 
uh, when Leota says do or do not, there is no try. I think that's really what he's referencing because if you're doing something, you're not trying, you're doing it. You didn't fail. Mm-hmm. You just, you're working through the process. And to me, I think I've shared it on a previous episode, but the nugget that man just hit me and I've probably shared it with you about the difference between doing and trying yeah. is that you remove the give up date or you remove the idea of giving up that if if you're trying to do something what it means is in the back of your mind you have either a set of circumstances like I'll run out of money or whatever or you have a date like if it doesn't work by this point I'll stop and both of those you automatically have the energy of you are trying but if you realize you know do you try to do your job no you do it right so because you don't have an end date, you don't have a circumstance in which you're going to give up. So if you want to set goals and you get rid of the idea in the back of your mind that there's a point at which you'll not, which, which you're willing to stop. And then you become the person who is a goal setter. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you talk and explain that from my side, as far as business goes, especially being a manager, there's so many deadlines, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, you have to have this done by this certain deadline. And I just think about how I was successful with my team. I mean, obviously, I owe all the credit to my team, but also their ability to goal set uh, along with mine because we didn't put those deadlines on ever. You know, it was always, hey, this is something that we're focusing on and this is something we're going to do. It might have been past the deadline, but it's funny when you look back at a year in review, like uh, at the bank, I worked for PNC Bank, and they had 14 major buckets okay uh uh, to be achieved and at the end of the year we didn't put any deadlines i just talked about the goals where we were at we ended up leading in 12 of those categories out of there were 12 branches in my market so we led in 12 of 14 just Mm -hmm. by simply not ignoring but not acknowledging the deadline that was set (laughs) by the higher-ups and it's funny as you said that i completely it's just something that i do like you said, it's just doing, it's not trying, it's we're going to do this and it might not be at the deadline, but we're still going to do it and it's going to make us successful. It's interesting why we do it to ourselves too, but we really see it in the corporate world, right? Mm-hmm. Where the idea of deadlines and limitations, uh, they think and the perception is because we can certainly manage behavior, right? Sin management, it works to a certain extent, just like goal setting management where you have all these systems in check to keep and track you and the disciplines and the if you do good we will give you a cookie and if you do bad we will fire you you know um you have any thoughts on the idea helping people kind of keep themselves from setting those kind of traps i mean which i feel like those are traps yeah, I mean, they could be traps or illusions sometimes, I mean, or unrealistic. That's one of the things, too, is your goal needs to be realistic. And when I say that, I don't mean you can't do anything or you can't do something, I guess. There's nothing you can't do. Right. But the timeline in which sure. you can achieve it may be different than you first thought. And it's not to get discouraged. I think of, especially in the business world, something that I do with my employees and something that I did as a team member reporting to management 
if I had a goal or something that they wanted me to achieve and they said, hey, why didn't you achieve this? You know, you failed. I would say no. The how in which I was achieving this wasn't right. So let's change it. You know, I'm going to do this or something else instead. So that way I can achieve this goal. And I never once had a manager or superior go, well, too bad you fail. I mean, if you go in to a meeting with somebody who understands success, and most managers do, there are a few that don't, but if you go in and just say, hey, look, I didn't achieve that yet, but this is what I'm going to do differently. And like I said, that's something that I do with all of my team members. We'll look at it and go, what are you going to do differently to achieve this goal? I don't want you to give up. Mm -hmm. We're not going to just change this goal in this month because you didn't achieve it. We're just going to change how you're going to get there. You think that's a part of the DNA of an older business model anyway? The kind of micromanaging, not only here's what your goal is, here's how you're supposed to achieve it, here's what you need to do. And they, you know, one of the things you've mentioned is like goal setting is largely dependent on your personality, mm-hmm. how you're going to do it. And But when you get in a corporate mindset, it's, well, we've created these systems, you need to fill out these reports, you need to ask so many customers, like I've been... Yeah, I worked, I was manager at Starbucks and it's literally, if you don't ask this many customers to join the loyalty program, then you won't get, and they go by the laws of averages and they've done all their studies. But when you realize like some people are way more relational, Mm -hmm. right? And that for me, I got to the point, I always hit those goals because I wouldn't ask every customer. I would ask the customers who felt like they were ready, right? Mm -hmm. And so my how was very different and I would crush it and I didn't do it any way that they told me, Mm -hmm. Right. And yet, like ideas of like holacracy and reinventing organizations where you started to see it's great that you can have goals set for you, mm-hmm. but then acknowledging the differences in people and acknowledging their the mechanisms by which they might particularly achieve something that one branch manager could be, do it very differently than another branch manager. Mm-hmm. And did you find that in your world that that was a threat to the higher ups or to the system? I don't think it was a threat. I think it was a concern of lack of control um, is mm-hmm. really what they viewed that as because they want to know what their employees are doing and they have statistics based on a certain number of branches in which they studied or a population. Now, PNC is based out of Pittsburgh. A lot of them were in that vein. And then you would go to northern Michigan and they would say, well, there are no differences uh, <laughs> because they're looking at purely numbers which I understand why they do, and it does hold a place. But at the same time, like you said, and I've said, people are very, very different. Um, You have different upbringing. I mean, small example of how different it is. Everybody in Pittsburgh, you know, they drive across the bridge into the town, up from the mountains, whatever. And then when work is done, everybody leaves. You Mm -hmm. know, the town just shuts down. There's no locals there in Michigan. you do have locals. You have people living downtown in the, you know, where they are at, Traverse City. You know, people live there. They sure. don't just leave. And that has a whole culture that that carries with. That's how you interact with people. And uh, one of the things that they used to do is they call it a road to success. I still use it actually at the dealership. I recreated it. And there's a standard for which, hey, these are our goals that we want you to achieve. How are you going to achieve them? Mm-hmm. And we have everybody write them down, right? And we did that at the bank. In reality, what I did with some of my staff is I would literally say, okay, I want you to close your eyes. This is your goal, how you're going to achieve it. And they would talk and I'd write it for them. 
because I knew that that person needed to visualize that goal. They can't just write it down. If they write it down, they're going to forget about it. They're going to lose it. They don't even want to, they don't, they hate paper. They hate writing because they're self-conscious maybe about spelling. I mean, you think about the little things that our beliefs could block a goal from. That might be one of them. And that might be a reason why somebody doesn't want to write their goals down. They don't want to see somebody or have somebody else know that they're a terrible speller. So they want to envision. Fine. I don't care. Let's do it. What's interesting is like also when you have people close their eyes, you can have an hour long meeting Mm -hmm. with everyone's eyes open about what you need to do. And you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I want to get thin or I want to get, you know, I want to get more money. Or you could talk with your spouse about what the changes you want to make. You can do all this stuff externally. And the moment you have those same conversations with your eyes closed, Mm -hmm. there's an internalization. It's literally, it's a very common mechanism. Mm-hmm. inside of science and inside of psychology the internalization of information that automatically happens when you have your eyes closed and then when it comes out of your own mouth that's the other thing you're having them do so close your eyes and you tell me how you're going to accomplish what we just talked about Cause think about most business meetings right yeah the employees aren't doing any talking they're just doing the listening right Being and you're told yeah and so it's external all the way. And you're saying, now close your eyes and then out of your own mouth, mm-hmm. talk about this. I think that's freaking genius. Well, and then there's another part of that too, where sometimes you, you know, for lack of a better word, role play, you know, you play through scenarios. Hey, how are you going to achieve this? I don't know. Well, let's role play. Let's figure out how you're going to do it in your interactions. Let's actually do it, which is a different mechanism, but it's still something else. So it's just your, how you achieve something. You just start working those other muscles um, that, like you said, have to do with me because my goal should be about me. It shouldn't be about other people, even in business, even though my goal at PNC was to use, have four people do deposits uh, using their phone. That goal still, I still need to make that about me. I can't just go my company, you know, in the car lot, I have a guy who it is his car lot. It is his display of cars out there because his job is the parking lot. And that's what he does. That's his position. He takes care of that. He makes sure hang tags, stickers, vehicles are parked. They're straight. They're in lines. So I tell him every day, I go, hey, what are you going to do with your parking lot today? Because you got to make it about you. Mm. If you make it about something else out there, right? you're always going to be waiting for that something else to do it. How many goals do we set in our lives for other people or for the perceptions of other people. And it's, they never become important. No. And why would they? I mean, yeah. if you really think about it and we've talked about this on my interview and I've heard it with other people's, you know, it is ultimately about you. It's not about other people. You can't control them. You are the star of your movie. So make it about you do something. Don't wait for your supporting cast to rise up and decide <laughs> Now we're in an alien movie when really you want to be in a Western movie. So now that you've got, you know, now that people go, okay, I'm going to work on setting my goals and the idea of living my life intentionally. How do you achieve them once you have them? Do you have any insights on some of that? Yes. Um, (laughs) So how I have been achieving my goals at this time is kind of unique, but I'll kind of explain my way through it. What I do is I actually have a vision of a chessboard. 
inside my head. And so I have a chessboard in particular about business. And so for an instance, I'll say my overarching goal is to sell a hundred cars with my team a month and a thousand dollars in back end is my main goal. Okay. Well, I know that I can't just show up and expect that to happen. So I need to do something. And obviously the goal is now about me, right? Because I do need to rely on my team, but how do I make it about me? So a pawn in chess, if you're familiar with it, is a pretty mundane piece. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just moves straight forward. That's it. <laughs> it can be used to attack. So what I do is I take a kind of a lesser goal. So my pawns are literally Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, okay, Saturday. And every day I think in my head and I visualize myself moving that pawn. I got up, I went to work. Guess what? Monday's pawn has moved. If it's Tuesday, it's Tuesday's pawn. Okay. And I'm not playing against anybody else. It's just a way for me to be very intentional about my goal. So, I mean, that first goal, and I think it's important to make it very achievable and almost mundane, but still take that piece of, I got up, I went to work, I moved that pawn. I'm here. Mm. And there's something about the vibration of success that that gives you. Absolutely. And you're thankful for it. So... Every day I go, I move my pawn, I made it to work, but you know what? I'm in this cool position, I'm here at work, which then my next one would be the rook, which the rook is on this, you know, very end piece. You can move forward and sideways. Is that the one with the pointy head? It looks like a castle. Oh, that's the castle. Yeah, okay. you were thinking bishop, but no, <laughs> castle. So. I knew that. I was. Just, it was just for the audience. That it was <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this next goal is going to be a little bit harder, right? But something that maybe... It's still achievable, but it's going to get quick results. Now, there are probably going to be chess players who listen to this and the strategy might not be right, but it's my strategy. (laughs) And so my rook is very simple. As soon as my staff walks in the door and also walks outside of the door, I greet them by their name with energy. So it is good morning. It's going to be a great Monday, whatever your team member name is. So Bob. Taylor, whatever, doesn't matter. And then I usually will say, if it's Monday, I'm like, hey, what did you do that was really fun on your weekend? People love that. Right. And it creates an energy. When they leave, hey, it was a great Monday. Good job today, Bob, Taylor, whoever, insert name, and say, I look forward to looking or look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Or maybe they had a success. So you say, hey, great job selling three cars and you sold a ton of back end. I really appreciate it. That, I mean, that's what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. So that's my rook. And it's funny because it's about me, but I'm impacting the people around me, as you can see already in my next piece. And I'm not going in order of where they are on the chessboard. So if sure. somebody's following that, it might not be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching somebody visualize and put this board together. I'm like, it might not be. He did it wrong. <laughs> this podcast is crap. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> the next one is the bishop. So like you said, the pointy head. Right. And so that one moves diagonal. And this one's a little more tactical in my mind. It might not be for everybody. And um, how I achieve this goal for tact here is what do I notice about my team? And this is throughout their day, throughout conversation. And it's not, let's get around the water cooler and gossip, okay? (laughs) That's not how to obtain a goal. It's very tactical in the fact of just be aware of where my team is. 
And if I feel like somebody is drained or somebody's in a bad mood, as weird as it sounds, I might send them home. And the reason for that is if you're in a terrible mood, you're not doing the business any good. Mm -hmm. You're not doing me any good and you're not doing your teammates any favors at all because mm-hmm. that is just poison and it's toxic. And so I mentioned the gossip earlier. So if somebody's really gossiping about negative things, they get sent home. Sure. So that's part of the goal because I want people focused and they, you know, have learned to expect that I want you focused. You got to be on your game or you go home and that's okay. I mean, everybody has gone home once and you're not in trouble. It just means go home. We're going to do it again tomorrow. I'm still going to move my rook and say, hey, we're going to have a great Tuesday if it's on Monday. Or, you know, if they have Tuesday off, hey, go enjoy Tuesday with your family. Come back Wednesday. We're going to sell a lot of cars. Right. So you're still moving multiple pieces. But every time you do something, you move that piece in your head. Very intentional. And then, you know, you can keep going and assigning it. So, you know, your night is a more flexible moving piece, you know, basically moves in L's. And this is your offense you know, and chess, you want to control that middle four squares with your knight. If you control those, normally you'll win. And so that goal is more tactful. It's more flowing. So I take all of those moves that I've already made and I play off of those. So the night for me is to jump into conversations with guests or customers at the correct time with the correct energy. Hmm. So if I notice where my team members are (laughs) and I've already given them energy and they're with a guest who Mm, doesn't seem really enthusiastic. I jump in and say, welcome to Bill Marsh. I'm Ron. I'm the team uh, lead here. If you need anything at all, I'm here for you. How is Bob, Jack, Joe, whoever, how are they treating you today? And they go, "Eh." I said, aren't you excited? You get to get a new car today. (laughs) You don't get to say that. And you know, you try to pick up the energy. Sure. Or if somebody is very upset, you might actually lay back a little bit and introduce yourself. Hey, welcome just want to come over here, let you know I'm here to help you. Is there anything I can do to help you? And they might have to vet and you have to be okay with that. And then move that night piece in a different direction after that. And then the queen, which is very, the most versatile piece on the whole entire board. And this Mm -hmm. is how you clean it up. Right? So it's funny because the king on the chessboard is me. So it's just how I do it. I've heard of other people, say, well, that should be your most important goal because you want to protect it. And that's fine too. Um, (laughs) But for me, I am the king and it makes it important to me that way. And all of these goals and I'm moving them around the board. Like I said, I'm not playing against anybody. I don't envision the opponent. I want to envision the positivity. But the queen is fun because you're going in and you're cleaning up, right? So the cleanup is simply this. Celebrate the wins every single moment of every single day Hmm. celebrate the win and if you have a loss what could you do better what did you learn don't focus on the negative if you have a loss you don't go spend the next three years beating yourself up for it no actually what i've been doing too (laughs) is we all know that we experience time linearly you know it's all in a succession but what if you could not saying that you can, but <laughs> what if you could go back in time and change that answer? Maybe there was a spot in the conversation with a guest. Maybe there was a spot in a conversation with your coworker that you said something and you went, ooh, man, I really hurt their feelings. Or, ooh, 
that's where I lost him. Mm-hmm. I should have done whatever. I should have been more energy. I should have been more relaxed. I should have listened more. Insert your answer. Mm-hmm. So what I do um, is I actually play that scenario back in my head, okay? And I reimagine it with what I should have done or mm-hmm. I feel I should have. And then I continue to play that scenario out with obviously the best situation because I want to be intentional about that and I want to do it on purpose because I want success. That's my goal, right? So I play that out. It's not what happened, but it's what I wanted to happen. So every time there's a loss, I replay it and I change the narrative. And I believe and I change the goal kind of like a, a sub goal, if you would, if I run into the situation next time, this is what I'm going to do. And if it doesn't work, guess what? You get to do it again. Mm-hmm. And there's no failure. It's just, oh, I get to do it a little differently. We actually, humans do that anyway, in the sense that we just don't know we do it. Right? Right. So you're activating a natural thing that we do all the time and using it for your intentionality, which I think you keep using the word intentional, which clearly I think is the point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you open up a memory, like literally the neurons that hold that memory, they unfurl. It's like opening up a file on your computer system. You read the memory and then you resave it, right? Mm-hmm. And so you think you're remembering the original thing. In reality, all you're doing is opening up the file from the last time you opened it up because it's resaving every time. So when you open up a memory and make changes to the file, you hit save every single time. There is no just close button. It's always save. And then you reopen that file. And so rewriting your memories is something you do all the time. And there's not a person alive that can't look back on their life and realize, you know what? Yeah, I don't know how I did it, but this thing that used to make me mad doesn't make me mad anymore. right? Or this thing that used to be my favorite thing in the world, now I realize I don't like it. It's simply because you're rewriting those memories all the time. But you can absolutely use it on purpose, for your favor, for your energetic... Because you imagine the energy you're carrying now, right? right? Instead of walking around and looking at every employee as, oh, I screwed up with that relationship, or I screwed up that conversation, or I messed up over there. You're rewriting all of those relationships, and now you don't carry the energy mm-hmm. that so much office drama and how personal drama builds when we look back at our story with somebody or something, and we have all these regrets that you can actually rewrite it. I think that's absolutely vital in having a kind of a tool in your tool belt Mm -hmm. on how to achieve in building the life that you desire. Sure. Absolutely. And you know, something that you pointed out, you know, your intentions doing it on purpose. I keep saying things like that because you know, you do have to make an effort in this and you make it about you. You make it so personal and you should always make sure that you're doing something to achieve that goal. It goes back to the pawn. If that's how you move that day, that's okay. You've made progress. Mm -hmm. Celebrate. Like that's a good thing. And then add pieces to it. So like I said, that's just one chessboard. You get really good at playing multiple games of chess in your head. And then I'll dare to say that there are certain chessboards that become playing checkers. (laughs) So now I've switched the game, right? But checkers is really easy to play by yourself. If you have no opponent, you just move the pieces forward. They're essentially all pawns at this point. Right. So you become a grandmaster where it's just mundane. It's just as simple as breathing at that point, which is awesome. And 
just doing things to remind yourself of that intentionality or what you're doing on purpose. I use the chess piece or the chess board, excuse me, and chess pieces inside my head and I move it every time I do something. As a reminder, I'm doing this on purpose. Maybe it's a paperclip on your desk. I'm going to move that paperclip every time I say something positive. Then move it. But do something. Um, I also have a necklace. It's a yin and yang. I put it on in the morning and it's a reminder that yes, there's darkness and yes, there's light. I want to be the light. So I put it on every morning and I say, I'm going to choose the light. And when I take it off at night, I go, where did I choose the light? And it's just a very simple celebration I've heard of other people. Well, if you watch The Secret, The Gratitude Rock. I was going to ask if The Secret came into in, yeah. where this overlays. <laughs> it does a little bit. I mean, obviously, I took it a little bit further. But, you know, every time you touch rock, think about what you're grateful for. You know, every time you do something good, write it down in a journal. I mean, I know other people, that's how they create their evidence books of their fruit of what they're doing or how close they are to the goal or once they achieve it, write it down, make it real to you or tell somebody about it. I know mm-hmm. once again, mentioned my beautiful wife. She loves to tell me about it and I love to hear it. So I, I mean, I don't mind, but find somebody, you know, if you like to tell somebody about it that likes to listen to you right? or um, <laughs> somebody who will expound on that even more now you know i will try and attempt to but i'm not wired that way with my wife so i know she hangs out with you and she hangs out with cat because you guys know how to expound on that and build her up in the verbal process that she takes mm-hmm. and so if that's your goal verbal process with somebody that really likes to verbal process and you'll see better results so if anybody were to ask me the secret to my journey the answer is, I wouldn't even have to think twice. It's intention. The uh, kind of back to the, back to the beginning of why, like, when you and those people that are on that hamster wheel, mm-hmm. if you can activate intention, mm-hmm. you know, it is. For me, it's, it doesn't even feel like a muscle, but I know for a lot of people it does. But um, just intention and living life intentionally. There's not a successful person out there that doesn't have some form of intentionality in their ritual, in their process. You know, if you listen to people like Tony Robbins or, or Gary Vee or any of those guys, and even listening to you, Ron, like so many people have these different rituals in the morning. They have their, you know, looking as I'm brushing my teeth, I list all the things that I'm thankful for. Or as, you know, when my feet hit the ground, I think this is in the secret, you know, the, when, the, you know when my feet hit the ground, I just start thinking and writing. Mm-hmm. And you have those different rituals and the things that but it needs to be meaningful to you absolutely obviously and that goes back to that second one you know how do you set these goals like if it's not meaningful to you keep doing your best right Right. and keep give yourself some grace that maybe okay so i tried to start my intention journal or i tried to do this sure and it's just not resonating and i think kaylee is a perfect example of like how many different things she's very much like me she's very passionate she wants to change her life very quickly very powerfully yeah. But I think one of the things that I know I've watched her learn and I've learned by watching her learn is that give anything a try. Sure. But at some point, if it's not working, okay, find something else. Right. But find something. Yeah. And the more you define your goal and you're achieving it, so mine's that chessboard, 
there's also other aspects um, like, you know, I visualize my dream. And so one of my dreams is to help people actually set these goals and achieve them. So what am I doing right now? I'm doing a podcast on it, which is cool. So I'm already, I've achieved that goal. Um, I didn't, you know, say, oh, I need millions of followers or anything like that. It'd be great. That might be a goal for later. But this is the other thing. In my dream and something that I visualize, I've always visualized a journal. Well, guess what? I went out and bought a journal. And so what you do is you kind of don't forget that dream. Make sure you, if it's written down, that's cool. Read the words. Uh, If it's visual, it's visual. If it's talked about, it's talked about. Don't change it. Make sure that you celebrate the aspects you have. Like, I'm really thankful for that journal. You know how much that cost me? Ten bucks. Mm -hmm. But it's just something else that I've obtained. It's a reminder that, yeah, I'm living my dream. And the more ways you do it, and the more ways that you learn. So I didn't start with this chessboard. This has been created over time. Mm-hmm. Did you I, get that from anyone or did you just kind no, of No, I just kind of just resonated and that's what I did. But I mean, what I did when I started is I wrote them down. Mm-hmm. I wrote them down. And that's probably from the business acumen on me where <laughs> I just wrote it down and I did it. And now it's become more powerful where I'm visualizing it. I'm still writing it down. I'm closing my eyes. I'm feeling it. I'm tasting it I'm whatever it might be and I'm grateful for it Mm -hmm. and the more things you attach to it the more it becomes real the more achievable it becomes in your mind and honestly the quicker you achieve this because you're engrossed in it it becomes a passion and you will definitely achieve them quicker and what I've realized as you know, I went from writing it down to now visualizing my chessboard, to doing my necklace, to doing all these different things that I do throughout the day. I'm doing more and more around my goals, and it's becoming more and more natural. My goals are becoming bigger, and I can actually achieve multiple goals sure. at once. I mean, I started with one, and now I've got 50 goals I'm working on at one time, and it doesn't feel like I'm working on 50. I mean, right. some of them intertwine, but most of them are completely different and nobody would know what they were on the outside, but it's like another day. Mm-hmm. It's no big deal. And that's the, one of the Kerwin Ray, I know I have mentioned this on the podcast before about the value of overwhelm, right? So if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a goal setter, you're kind of realizing I, I don't even really know how to do this. Hopefully you're getting some nuggets and you know, people look at my life. I'm working on five companies right now. I got two more in the wings and if I had the means, I would absolutely be the type of guy who has my fingers in 20 different companies, right? And I would love it. And I saw it because that's what Tony Robbins is, right? Mm-hmm. So I found, and I know Kaylee and I are talking about doing an episode on kind of spiritual fathering and mentoring. Mm-hmm. I know for me, that's a huge, just to touch on that in this real quick about goal setting is, one of the ways in which how I've set my goals is I've found people who live a life that I desire, right? And so then I've, they've already defined it because I can just energetically look at Tony Robbins' life and go, man, I'd like that. It kind of shortcuts some of that work for me. And I've looked at and I've found my goals to be modeled already. Mm-hmm. But in anyway, back to the point of, so I see <laughs> Tony Robbins with all of these companies and all this stuff, and I want to become that. And it gives me life and it gives me energy. And yet... I, when I started, like one company was overwhelming. 
right? I'm helping multiple people right now. I'm helping my mom start her own business right now. And she's looking at the administrative side, the tax side, the getting your stuff online side, getting your training, getting your marketing, making your decisions about what your archetypes are. All of these things I'm rattling off, I didn't know when I started my first company. Now I'm five companies in and I'm getting bored, right? And yeah. so it's, I was overwhelmed and overwhelm is an amazingly beautiful thing if you can let it be amazingly beautiful. So you're going, you're going from one chessboard to 50. Mm-hmm. Like... The key is, do it. <laughs> right. Well, and if you feel overwhelmed, like you said, it's not the end of the world. I mean, I know you touched on this too, but don't add to it at that point. Wait until you achieve that sure. goal right. or, or you get that release to go, okay, now I can add one. Because you don't want to force it um, other than your first goal. <laughs> uh, might feel like you are, but you're not. But after that, just let them continuously come continuously evolve in who you are as a person because remember there is no wrong way to do this no i mean when you look at humanity and what individuals are capable of when some people look at tony robbins who runs 20 companies and is out there just non-stop and he's got all he's got multiple assistants or all you know richard branson literally i think it last i heard was 300 companies and I know he's got two full-time assistants and he lives on an island. Like, yet he has stretched himself and he's become a habitual individual mm-hmm. that now lives. What humans, single individual humans are capable of, I don't know if there's ever an end to what is possible. But mm-hmm. most people don't have a goal of moving. <laughs> yeah. So, is there anything else you wanted to kind of... Any other insights you had before we round up this podcast? I think that pretty much sums up exactly what I want to talk about today. I mean, obviously there's more to it, so I don't think that this is it, but this gives you a baseline and it will give you the opportunity to create these goals, to set the goals and to achieve these goals and celebrate the wins and celebrate. Even if you're on the, you know, listen to the podcast and you go, I want to, have my first goal. I don't know what it is, but I want to set it. Then celebrate that. Have fun with it and talk to people. Write it down. Do whatever you need to do, but take away as a win and just continue this journey. And I'm sure we'll have more of these uh, down the road. And I know that I mentioned in my previous podcast too, that I'm working on classes and this podcast will be a part of that. And I just can't wait to see what goals people have how they achieve them, and when they achieve them. And I I look forward to hearing the success on them. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for your time and your story and your uh, thoughts. I do know that as this whole journey, man, like some, our entire community and pretty much everyone in humanity, like we view certain people like, oh, they've arrived and now they're telling us how to arrive. None of us have arrived. We're all growing. We're all moving. And so as you grow and move and learn even more, I'm sure the refinements and the zooming in on different concepts that as you feel them and you realize what they are, by all means, you give me a call and we'll schedule another time. Cause I think to me, this backing out from, you know, this is the new age Christianity podcast and what is new age Christianity? What can it do for the listener? If there's anything that I hope people begin to get energetically from what new age Christianity is, is that, 
you can either be the type of individual or the type of community that life happens to you, or you can start learning how to happen to life, mm-hmm. right? And uh, goal setting, by all means, as I said in the beginning, like, I can't think of a better mechanism to focus on that if you want to start happening to life and you want to start living the life that you have desire, freaking define it. It's called a goal. <laughs> and you don't get to Texas if you don't know where you're driving. Right. So thank you guys so much for your time. As always, uh, we value your time and know that uh, in this day and age, giving us an hour is a tall order. So we appreciate it and we are honored. If you would consider donating, we would always appreciate that as well. And uh, thank you for... Your time, Ron. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. It was a good time. Absolutely. Now we're going to go smoke a cigar and hang out. <laughs> so, God bless you guys. We'll see you later.